I wonder um, if there's like you had mentioned something about uh, like belief, and I'm I'm curious like the power of belief or like whether it's like belief, consciousness, manifestation, like how much of that is responsible for creating the reality that we live within. I don't know if you've ever seen who's the guy who does the channeling the oh daryl anka the guy, the guy yeah. does the triangle thing man because he says that we kind of like uh we shift from reality re like very like fast and we're all shifting through realities and i'm just curious if like the power of like how strongly you actually believe something it puts you in that reality where that thing is real which is like I know I'm talking wacky here. But no, no, I think well, that, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. like, I'm what just you focus here. on is yeah. yeah I, I, I'm just yeah. I really makes me think about that. So the yeah. power of belief, man. Yeah. Um, in terms of like, um, I would say dreams that you've had. Is there any like interesting dreams? Like, have you ever done like dream analysis or like, has there been anything that you've taken away from your dreams at night? Heck yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you you probably dream a lot yeah I, I dream a lot and i used to every morning first thing i do is open up my phone and look up the the meanings, the meanings of all the crazy dreams i've had i off the top of my head i can't really think of anything specific but yes well, that is a it, area of interest for me yeah. well i came to you once i was asking you about that because i knew you were into it and i don't i don't dream all the time but i i do specifically remember that dream. remember that dream about the snake i told you about i was getting chased by a snake and it was trying to it was trying to bite me um, and then we looked it up and it like, this was in a time in my life when I was kind of like shifting out of my old traditional belief systems, moving into, um, uh, <laughs> like, out, like out of my old fundamentalist Christian beliefs. And, and we looked it up and it was about like, that dream was about like transcending or like, uh, your old belief systems. I remembered that I've actually had some alien type dreams too. Like what happened? What happened in them? Like uh, the the most I can remember is the one. Um, it's so vague now. You know how trying to remember your dreams is, but it was something like they were coming and they were scanning different people. I I don't know why. I think I had just watched Close Encounters of the Third Kind or something. <laughs> but they were gonna like take people with them or do something with specific people, and so they had descended and they were kind of like zeroing zeroing in on people. And I was trying to get to the front of the crowd so that they would like scan me. That's the as much as I can remember. I don't know yeah. if I. Well, here's that. a weird, here's a weird dream story. This, this is actually now that you brought it up. I, I remember this when I was in high school, this is really weird, but I had this, I went to a school of like 2000 people in high school. And I had this dream that, um, I met I, this girl in the school was not in my grade was probably two or three years older than me. I had never talked to this girl in my entire life. Like, but I knew she went to the school, but in my dream, she came to me in, in the dream and we were talking. I don't know what the heck we were talking about. And I woke up. That was it. I was like, I was like, what a weird dream. Like, why did I dream about that person? But I kind of let it go. And I was like, that's it. Got on the bus, went to school. First thing in the morning, we used to always just go in the cafeteria, sit down, wait for the bell to go. This girl walks into the cafeteria, pulls up a chair, and sits right beside me. I'm not lying. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, I like, I don't know what that was all about. I don't Because nothing happened. I was like, hey, like, 
that was it. That was it that happened. But yeah. it was just such a weird experience. I was like, I was floored by that all week. Just thinking about it. It's like, that was so weird. Yeah. Like, what are the chances of that? It just seems so weird. But anyway, yeah, a meaningless dream. <laughs> <laughs> Which was prophetic That's for an dreams, odd yeah. reason. Yeah. So, so do you think like foresight is real? Like if you've had instances where you've seen maybe, at least you felt like you were able to see from the end or see from the future. Like have you ever thought about that? Oh, that's hard to, uh, I've, I'm sure I've had, I've, I've had hunches on things before. Um, you could probably say that too. Like, ah, this, like, so, like in a, in a small, like, like on videos and stuff like that, when we do videos, we're like, this video is going to do good. And it does good. <laughs> but like, I don't know. It's hard to say. Like I, I, I go with my hunch. I think that's like, usually you try to go with your gut intuitive feeling on certain things. That's all I can really say about that. Like, well, in, in my experience, it feels like everything synchronistic is, I don't even know why it happens because it always seems for the, to be for the most like futile reasons. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you dreamt about a song and then you heard it on the radio first thing the next day or whatever. You know what I mean? Like the way things line up and synchronicity seems to appear, I, I don't always understand why. Um, but when it comes to the field of like making that a practice for yourself, like you're going to be somebody that predicts the future for people or something like that, that's when things get sort of dicey to me. And that's where my skeptical side shows up, you know, like there's been just so many countless people that, you know, presented themselves as some kind of diviner. And then it's almost like the more success you have in the public eye about that, it, it almost always seems like a guarantee that that's going to be like disproved in some way. I don't know if that just has to do with the literal laws of metaphysics or something like that has to have anything too certain has to be proved wrong or something. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like there's just been so many people that they, I don't think that you can solidly ever tell the future, you know, in, in any grand way, maybe like you said, you can have a hunch about something or if it comes from a more receptive place, but when it becomes serious business, of predicting the future, I get skeptical about it because yeah. I don't, you can find a never ending sea of TikTokers telling you what's ca happening at the end of the month and it never happens. Like, like that's what I mean. Yeah. Like it, it, yeah, it's yeah. hilarious. It's like, and then, then, then their, their channel's gone after the thing they said was going to happen. And happened. <laughs> oh, <geez. Yeah>. Aliens <laughs> are supposed to like land. Actually, you know, it's crazy. When did all that alien news come out? Cause it months ago now, yeah, I don't know. I was saying ago, like September is going to be a big month for aliens. Oh. Or something. Maybe it was. <laughs> yeah. So like does supernatural ability, spiritual abilities, does that interest you at all? Is that something yes, that you're definitely, yeah, I'm always fast. I'm always fascinated. I don't claim to have these powers of supernatural, but I will always listen to someone and hear what they have to say about it. I'm, I'm, fascinating i try to keep an open mind and see where things like we let people pray for us we had uh, an angel medium on not too long ago you know pulling cards and and, and telling us about what we're doing and, stuff and it was like powerful that. like it was yeah. it, it, i i find that when you keep an open mind and you take everybody at their word no matter how far off from your typical way of thinking it is it it's creates opportunity for something cool to happen yeah you know what i mean so i, I think that's kind of like and the sometimes sometimes the power isn't in necessarily what they're telling you about your future 
the 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 power somewhere in between the lines. It's the experience that you're sharing with the person. It's more like a like a some type of a connection that you're you're building. It's not all about like oh what can I get out of this or what 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 super power can I can I gain or or use to gain for my own ego or something like that. And it's not demagoguery. It's not like uh, oh we'll go along with this because this is like pandering or catering. It's not like that. Yeah. Um, I think that when you give something a fair shake, when you give any perspective a fair shake, it, I, and this is why I don't think people do this very typically, it can pull you along. It can like pull you in, whether it's Christian or Muslim or whatever, you know, or spiritualism. If you truly actually give it a chance, instead of like being, having some kind of confirmation bias to what you already established is true, it can pull you in. And so what does that mean? If I start reading the Bible and believing as if I believe in this, and then it starts to become real in my life. That's crazy. Let me try that with something completely different. And if it has the same sort of effect, now you've got like a whole new set of questions on your hand. You're like, well, what does this mean about reality? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and so that's the place that we could try to come from because, you know, I don't like confrontation. Every interview we do is very friendly. I just legitimately don't want to be confrontational with people. So wanting to bridge the gap between different perspectives and wanting to create a dialogue from things that seem completely unrelated or even at odds with each other sometimes is actually important to me. And I think it's important to you. And yeah, it's kind of like what our channel's about. And even though a lot of the times I'll have very frustrated rants, you know what I mean? I <laughs> saved nice. my like a <laughs> hardcore opinion for just our videos where we're talking <laughs> and they're not necessarily directed at any particular person. They're just like my own struggle trying to juggle all these different perspectives together. Well, being questioning and analytical. Yeah. Yeah. I seem like your army of Satan videos, like Islam, for example, like that yeah. looked pretty good. I mean, why do you think like a lot of people resonated with, I mean, do you think it's just the algorithm? Just <laughs> I think, well, I think my, my our, I, don't know. I was talking to my older brother. Well, I mean, I think you said, mentioned that as that, I think, um, People who are absolute and certain about the things that they believe in, they like to see an outside opinion. Who's someone who's never been involved with my world when they're confronted or they see the thing that I see? What do they see when they look at it? So I think that's the thing that fascinates people with like uh, uh, those types of videos that we do. Um, yeah. Yeah, for some reason, I don't know the Muslim one. That's a that's a that's a strange. Like, well, that's I know. I, not necessarily true because like the, the the Hindu videos do very well too. Anytime yeah. we react on Hindu gods or or anything like that, people like we get good good viewership on those videos. Yeah. Uh, anytime we do anything on Islam, usually does good. Um, yeah. Uh, the Christian ones are a little hit and miss sometimes. We're finally getting some some ground with uh, the Christian community because yeah. they're, I guess, you know, everybody's naturally a little skeptical of, you know, nobody wants to get fleeced or something, right? Yeah. But we've reached out and, you know, we've gotten some response to that. Yeah. But uh, it seemed like for a while there, like we would react to like a like a worship service or something like <laughs> that, just watching it. Yeah, yeah. And it and it was like didn't always seem to do the best. You yeah. Know? Whereas if we were reacting to like a, you know, some sort of a Islamic thing. Even if I was extra ranty that day, it would, <laughs> it would do well. Yeah. So yeah, I watched the, the. I mean, I'm I'm more. I come from a Christian background too, so I definitely took a look at a lot of the Christian reaction videos you did too. 
the one of the denominations you did was pretty. I mean, I like yeah. that one a lot. The different denominations breaking down each one oh, gives yeah. a lot of clarity to. Yeah, um, that video did there. all right. That was a, that video did all right. Uh, and it's funny, a guy that we did a reaction on, he actually did a reaction on one of the videos that we, one of the Christian videos that oh, we did, okay. which he, like, he, I don't know if he normally does or doesn't do them, but um, it was, it was just interesting because he did it qu quite quickly after we did it. And I noticed people, YouTubers who are kind of like doing similar stuff to what we're doing, you'll see like videos all pop up at the same time that are all getting reacted to. By like the same groups, <laughs> so yeah. it's interesting to see like you know you can see like a Muslim's perspective on like the basics of Christianity, and you can see you know spiritual people and their reactions on the basics of then Christians and yeah. and yeah maybe there's like a it's part of the collective consciousness people come to the same conclusions around the same time I I I think that that is the case that sometimes mm -hmm. when you you'll you'll be have a dawning idea and you're like oh this is such a novel idea. And lo and behold, you'll see it <laughs> elsewhere. You're like, you know, I, interesting. I always think coming to that same conclusion, same time as these other people. Yeah. Whose idea was it to, because I mean, obviously you guys pivoted and you guys didn't, didn't always do reaction videos. So whose idea was it to like pivot from? You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that was, uh, well, we, the pivot, the, the major pivot it was a bunch, it was a bunch of things. Um, Cause we were going to have an interview with uh a YouTube, another YouTube channel that does reaction videos that they cover like mostly uh, stuff from India, uh, a lot of Hindu, mostly Hindu stuff, I think. Um, and they, they basically said to us, they were like, look, we th think you have a good concept for a channel, but you're doing like a lot of wrong things. And they said, would you like us to help you? Or would you rather do the interview? Like it was kind of like pick one or the other. And we were like, we'll take the help. And so um they kind of pointed us in the right direction and like told us things that we should and shouldn't do and helped us kind of like refine the channel a bit just in the conversation we had we talked with them about an hour and then we were like okay and so we shut down for about four months four or five months and then we booted back up again and like i built this room you know justin you know helped a bit with some of that and like the music and the and 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 uh, other stuff, we just put it together and came back. Yeah, so, I gotta ask though. Like, I, I I like the synth music you put as your intro and your outro. That's him. What's what's that? What's that song? What's that song called? I gotta look. Oh, <laughs> intro number two. I made like three oh, you uh, made examples. Yeah, yeah. Just synth oh, okay. he gave me an idea. He was like, I kind of want. I can't remember if you were telling me like I <laughs> want it to be a little bit like Stranger Things, like synthy type thing that's exactly what i thought i was like this sounds like like stranger things the the remix of it like a remix of like the main theme song sounded yeah. like very yeah oh awesome like, yeah, they <laughs> nailed it i'm glad yeah. Yeah. yeah no you're not the only every now and then i get like a comment like how do i get that that intro tune well, I, I guess I guess I should finish. It's only like a 14 second song. I should no, extend it. That one there's like 50 seconds, but I've got a, I've got a couple of them. You sent me a couple of them. Just post that with, with a, like a, I don't know, an animation. <laughs> See how it does. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen you guys like react to Osho. And I mean, <laughs> the way that you react to him, like you talk about, I like that he would have read about how he talked and how you'd pause. You'd like, <laughs> like coming up. <laughs> <laughs> the last um, video we did, we were literally yeah. had to, we kept laughing because his pauses got longer and longer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, you brought up like how he'd bring up like you know some some kind of hypnosis and stuff like that. Like first off, before going to the other stuff, like do you guys think that hypnosis is real? Like 
You ever been hypnotized or anything like I that? I definitely think hypnosis is real. I've seen it done to, to, to people. Like, I don't know if they did this in your high school, but when I was in high school, they would bring a hypnotist into the gym. Everyone would come in there and then he'd find a bunch of people who like he could do his stuff to and bring them on stage and get everyone, you know, we'd hypnotize like 20 people all at once and get them doing all types of weird stuff. So like I saw it like, and I don't think these were people that were just playing along with, you know, with what this guy, cause he was getting people freaked out, man. Yeah. He was like, I, I remember he was like the last thing he was like, until you leave, leave the gymnasium. Anytime someone says, how are you doing? You're going to say, I love butter chicken. And like, they ever like the whole gym would be like, who are you? Who are you? And they'd be like, I love butter chicken. I love butter chicken. Why am I saying I love butter chicken? Yeah. And like, they would lay like, they were getting worried. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I was for similar reasons. I got pretty interested in hypnosis and probably like, I don't know, 10 years ago, I just deep dived it and I was watching documentaries on it and everything and then trying it out on myself. I never went to a licensed hypnotist or anything like that, but I, I just kind of entertained that idea. You know, I do believe that it's pretty obvious that we go through different states of consciousness during the day, you know, and people would point that out in these videos. They'd be like, have you ever been on a drive where, you know, you, you essentially forgot your drive and you're like, oh, geez, I was an autopilot for my whole way home. And they're explaining the different states of consciousness and how advertisement agencies will sometimes bypass your conscious mind by by signaling things to you through colors and, you know, position of things and subliminal messages. And so I was sold on the idea of hypnosis. And then I started to see it in all kinds of different things. You, you know, you, you, sometimes you will see it in the way somebody commands a room. I mean, they teach uh, certain practices to officers to, to how to command authority effectively. These all speak to the subconscious and different layers of your mind, right? And so I for sure think that uh, hypnosis is real and I think it can be subtle and I think it can be strong. I do think I'm probably the type of person that doesn't easily work on. Like I think that there's a type of mind that's a little resistant to that sort of thing, but I think it can be effective. I, I think that uh, hypnosis has probably helped people quit smoking. And yeah, I've, I, I don't know how much it ever helped me, but I would go to sleep listening to those yeah. like, hypnosis yeah. things at night that like, you know, they definitely helped me put it, go to sleep. I can say that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's true. You ever tried it? I mean, have you, since you did your deep dive on hypnosis, did you ever try it on anybody? Uh, Hypnotizing just... people? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you better not say me. I probably played around with it at some point because I'm kind of like corny and lame that way. I've, I've got kids, so I probably tried to like do something, see if it worked, <laughs> but uh, not seriously, I wouldn't say, you know, and some of it is like, you know, like I said, like I pointed out in the Osho video, he's pausing, right? So at least subconsciously, maybe even somewhat consciously, if I really am trying to drive home, home a point, I'm talking to you, for instance, I might pause and like look at you so that there's some there's pregnant silences to show that I'm serious. Otherwise, if I'm casually talking, I'm just rattling things off. If you know, it's but if something's severe enough and that's not hypnosis, but it's in the same vein as hypnosis because it's it's communicating with with more things than just you know monotone information coming at you. You know you're using every faculty you can to convey a point, right? That's that's like I don't know the most significant thing I guess I gleaned from that whole interest in that. Yeah, like a, a definition. No, 
hypnosis, at least that I got from somebody that I interviewed was like, uh, it's like basically grabbing someone's attention, um, or it's a te- hypnosis is a te- technique in which you grab someone's attention, um, so that there's no witness or observer present. So like you pull someone's attention and then it leaves, it doesn't leave a witness there so that, you know, you're under somebody's sway and stuff like that. So it was like, a, I mean, that's kind of what you talk about when you're driving home a point, you know, you're trying to get someone's attention to that point. Obviously, you, you can kind of sway them however you want. Um, that, yeah. It's interesting how you, I mean, you brought the marketing stuff. I'm kind of curious about that. Maybe your research on that. Just like, uh, I mean, how have you seen like stuff displayed or um, arranged to where it would kind of. I think sometimes people add, like, well, here's the thing. Just it, it's loosely connected, but I, I do think that it's in the same vein. And I think that thinking about these things, although they can have beneficial aspects to it like you could go to a hypnose hypnotherapist or something and they might be able to help you treat some kind of addiction or something you wanted to lose i i think that when you start looking at things in this way there is a potential to get a little bit pessimistic about it right so with advertising somebody might use colors that are associated with hunger like people tend to think food when they see green or orange i don't know what the actual thing is right or subliminal sexual imagery you know what i mean like the the way somebody's eating a I don't know. Yeah. Something is looks subliminal, subliminally sexual. Commercial basically. Right. But you can convey points, I think. And it's, and it's probably what people at one point would have considered uh, mystical, but it's really just sort of human psychology. And I think people do this maybe subconsciously and, and likely to some level consciously, but there's like a very roundabout way you can, you can, indicate something right like the way somebody positions themselves when they're talking to you the way they either connect their eyes to you or avert their eyes their body language says something about what they think about you if i wanted to create uh an an idea and this is what i criticize some people for doing like i i think i see what's going on here maybe it comes off as paranoid but sometimes you'll see somebody who's who might present themselves as a concerned person over something and what they're really doing is framing and highlighting someone in a negative light oh i'm real do you know he hasn't spoken to his mother in like four years i'm just concerned it's just concern it's like no that's gossip you're a gossiper you know what i mean and hey like i I, i'm not judging the hell out of you for being a gossiper that's like a social survival technique some whole groups of people have but let's call it what it is or else what are we just all going to be blind you know Mm -hmm. and so hypnotism kind of bleeds into that because people can hypnotize people with their, if if you and another person are standing in front of me and I'm intentionally giving the person beside you all of my attention and saying positive things and everything you say being like, Oh, that's good for you. And being condescending and I'm doing it with full intent to have an effect, right? Maybe I want you to seek my approval. You know, I think that this, these things, not everybody is dealing with the same level of awareness of these kind of things. And so in that way, I, that's a kind of hypnosis to me. And being aware of it, I think, like I said at the beginning, can make you a little pessimistic. People don't always want to think of others in that way. But I feel like looking at all these things has made me kind of aware of things in that yeah. way. What's Why does everybody seem to have their attention here or frame things in this way? And, you know. Is there always intention behind it? That's interesting. And then, I mean, going back to the opinion on Osho, like, um, 
I mean, I, I mean, you've said though, like you like what he says and stuff. Like, what do you think and what do you resonate in terms of like someone like him? Like, what are some of the messages and points that you that you guys well, both think? That he's very like at the time. I try to look at Osho in the time that he was around, and a lot of the things he would have said they're they're bold by today's standards, but back in the eighties and the and the seventies and the sixties when he was saying it, it was very counterculture. You know, yeah. like I don't even agree with some of the things he says that are like my favorite things he says, you know, like he'll, I'm married with kids and he'll be like, you know, essentially be like, you're an idiot if you're married with kids and you know what I mean? Like he's, it does, yeah. you don't have to believe it to see what the heck he's actually trying to say, you know, because if you give him a chance and you listen to the long version of what he's saying, he'll point out how much damage you can do putting your own paranoia and your own, you know, issues onto your kids so be real careful about that you know what i mean like he'll be like he say something like every parent will hate their parents or sorry every child will grow up to hate their parents like it's not true but you can see that most people at some point go through a rebellious phase and seem to come to odds with with their parents and kind of go off and carve themselves their own path yeah and and to understand why that might happen well I you find is you helpful. kind of got me into osho but like you have way more experience with Osho than what I have. Um, but I had the first thing that came to mind when you were asking, and it was the, I think it was uh, that video where he was talking about like how I, like I love to disturb the mind. Yes. I love uh, one of the things I like about Osho is that he gets you thinking outside of the box. He like gets you thinking outside of that, that comfort zone that we can get stuck in sometimes. And um and I think that's just something that resonates with you and me because we do a lot of that on the channel. At least, you know, we try to sometimes is, uh, you know, bring up like uh, controversial subjects within spirituality or give it a different view that it may not be, it might not be looked at from. It doesn't necessarily, all this deep psychology and philosophy to me, it doesn't necessarily, in fact, it probably makes you less effective in the world. But one, the other byproduct of, product of that that I think it has, its redeeming quality, is it might make you less of a demon. It might make you less uh, contributing to something horrible. You know what I mean? Like, that's my defense of, of just, I guess, philosophy and spirituality is that can you say that by pursuing this, you're definitely going to fill your bank account? Like probably for most people, no, but you might cause less trouble. You might cause less complex, horrific trouble by not being ideologically possessed, by holding things more loosely and getting a more of a feel for what's going on in reality rather than being so certain about how things are. Yeah, I was just going to say that Cert certainty seems to be a big subject that comes up on this channel. Yeah. So, so Osho is good at doing that, in my opinion. Osho is good at shaking things up so you're not so certain about things and you're and start approaching life for a more experiential place. Andy's just kind of entertaining and, <laughs> and very relaxing to listen to sometimes. He's got like a voice like molasses or whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah. Talks like a human cat. Like, <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you think though, like if you keep deconstructing beliefs, like, I mean, obviously a important, you know, principle in Zen or any like meditation is to let go. Do you think you can enter into a form of nihilism or yes. nothing's important or, you know, I think it, yeah. I, I definitely I think, think it can enter into nihilism and I think it can be dangerous. And I think that, you know, uh, 
luckily, like I'm not some hyper powerful person or something like that, that has to decide who believes what at what level. But I do think that um, it can be dangerous for some people like the nihilistic attributes. Like I don't look at somebody who's the opposite of me and just judge the heck out of them and don't understand why they're that way. I'm like, no, that makes sense. And that's good. Sometimes it's frustrating when you see maybe something cataclysmic coming and you're like, we're, we're headed in a bad direction here because everybody's on board with something dangerous, but humans have kind of an odd knack for getting real close to like serious destruction and then turning around at the last minute. So I don't know if that's, you know, well, it's part and parcel. Like how do you, I feel like I've had, like I've had my, my nihilistic part, like time in my life. Um, but I don't even know if it happened under my deacon, the deconstruction phase of uh, a lot of my beliefs. For me, I think that there is a relief that comes with being able to let go of always having to be certain. There's a like, I think there's like a, a trauma that comes from trying to prop something up that you're saying you were certain about, but really deep down inside. Um, even in your subconscious that you know isn't to isn't true, but you're propping up something and saying it is. I think there's like uh, there's bad things that come from that. Man. The, the term "live by the sword and die by the sword," which I think is a Bible verse, comes mm. to mind. I think about that often: "Live by the sword, die by the sword." And to me, what that means is, you know, the same way that is benefiting you now could be. Yeah, like you said, like your demise in the end or something like that. Mm-hmm. And there's some people, I understand the argument of somebody who closes things off and might say, listen, this is the hill I've picked to die on because yeah. it's, you know, that seems to be how it is sometimes. Like yeah. You got you to pick something. It doesn't feel good to be ineffective for most people. Yeah. You know, so oftentimes it feels like to avoid nihilism, to, to avoid fruitlessness, you've got to pick something. But you can, but you can also pick to look at things from a like it's all about how you choose to look at something someone might look at meaningless and be like oh no it's all meaningless yeah but you could also say yes it's meaningless that means i get to pick the meaning i for this life i get to choose whatever the heck i want it to be about so that's like a that's like another side of it yeah yeah there's like there's two ways of looking at it just don't tell anyone you think that way. <laughs> so kind of just summarize it. Like when you, I mean, I liked what you said, uh, James, but it's like, so when you believe in something and you have to always think that you're right, is it, is it people like that are, they focus more on the moralistic side of things and the more like I have to uphold these morals and a certain way of viewing things. Whereas if you let go of that, then you kind of enter a place where it's more about choice than morals. Oh, like that's a, that just makes it even worse when you get into the morality factor that we've, again, another thing we've talked about is that when you create a moral bar and you're like, you got to live like this and it's this, uh, you got to be this way. And like, you've got this moral bar, you are eventually going to crack. You're not going to be able to hold that bar up forever. And then that's why like usually staples of like people who are hardcore religious, they suffer from guilt. Because they know that they can't, they can't keep their own bar, and they're going around telling everyone else that the bar is way up here. And you, you got to live like this. You got to be this way. But then you can't. You know that's why. Like 
Um, it's very common in, in a lot of establishments that the sins get kept in the closet. And then there's a whole big mess going on around here um, because they have to produce an image of having it all together. And then those skeletons, when they come out, you're Jim Baker on stage crying about, you know, how many hookers, you know, you slept with. If you, if, 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 it, if that was Jim Baker, if, please forgive if, me if I'm wrong about who I picked up. <laughs> and if, and if yeah. your, your religious <laughs> beliefs cause you to suppress something in you, like I'm trying to imagine a person who, who is, uh, goes their own way and is not judgmental of other people. You know what I mean? Like, because it seems so often that once you've decided something is a way, the counter side of that is you're judging thing, people that aren't agree with you or don't share your belief. But imagine somebody who is fully being who is authentic to themselves. What problem could there be? Like if you like, if there's no conflict within you about how you're living your life, like you've got no other voices guilt tripping you or anything like that, you're just fully living authentically. To me, it makes me think that you might have a softer attitude towards others, that there would be less judgment, less guilt, personal guilt, and less like, you know, being at odds with other people. You know, people probably think that you might be a bit of a fence sitter for not picking a group. Yeah. But yeah. And hey, don't get me wrong here. It's not like I don't, people think that like, if you don't, if you don't have some bar, if you don't have some standard, then all hell's going to break loose. No, we collectively decide within this reality you know, we set up rules and parameters as punishments for breaking these, you know, the, and you can cause harm to people. So we like, we act accordingly within the reality that's given us, like uh, as to what the collective, you know, usually decides, not always, but usually. And, you know, there's so much nuance within that, within that whole system of like morality and, and beliefs and how people, you know, try to live good moral lives. That may, if that makes any sense, right? Like we, you know, they're both equally dangerous and extreme. Yeah, conservatism yes. and liberalism. Yes, yeah, I, I, I agreed. You can, you can get, you can get reckless with that. Like it becomes, and I think that's what scares a lot of people is like about that bars. They think that everyone's just going to jump to, you know, like starting to do evil if they if they don't have no moral bar or some standard set up for them. Although in some weird facet, you're going to create one of those anyway. It's like impossible. If you want to exist within reality, you're going to have, uh, you're going to have some type of a bar. Um, now, which now I'm contradicting myself, right? So but you're going, but life is like that, right? It's like paradoxical. You have to be able to like contradict yourself sometimes, um, in order to like figure out what's right. And so, you know, you just, we, we all try to like not hurt other people and work together and yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's a, what's a belief that, I mean, you would find uncomfortable. I mean, what's a belief that you kind of struggle with, or maybe something you have a problem letting go of, for example, like maybe what's something that you look at and you're just like, I don't know if I should believe this. I don't know if I shouldn't like, or what's something that you kind of feel discomfort about? Hmm. You go first. Ah, you stick a belief. A belief. That's tough because when it comes to beliefs, I try to hold them loosely, right? Um, a belief can 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 turn into something ugly, but they are also inevitable at the end of the day because they are what are needed to, for you to participate in this reality. So, um, 
In terms of uh, beliefs, uh, okay, I would I would say maybe if you're going backwards, like you're deconstructing your beliefs, then like yeah. what's something that you're just like, okay, this is kind of uncomfortable. I don't know if this. Oh is well, the yeah. the big like a big one might be that like if if all of existence is non-dual, if it's all one thing, then that would mean that I guess at the end of the day, you're ultimately alone. This is very gets into solipsism. Uh, the the idea that if there is only one entity and that's whether or not you want to call it God source, universal consciousness, whatever the heck it is, then that means you are alone. But I can, I ease myself in it with that by saying that, well, even if that is the case, then that universal consciousness is so smart and knows what it's doing that it can create such a powerful uh, illusion that we all feel like we are in this to we we are in this together. Like like Justin feels real, you feel real on the screen. You're different from me. We can have this conversation. It doesn't feel like you know like for me at least in my own personal experience when I'm talking to people at work, it doesn't feel like they are me. It feels like there is like a separation there, but. Again, if you studied lots of non-dual philosophy and stuff like that, uh, the end game is that it's all one thing. So, yeah, definitely, yeah. So my answer, your turn. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I I try to not have beliefs, but I'll I'll say something that I think relates in some way. And it's um, there was a while back where I was struggling to not see uh, very pessimistically like human social behavior. In fact, I had to come up with a term because I could. I found myself becoming sort of agoraphobic. I couldn't. I, I didn't want to go to very many functions, see people, and so I had to literally coin the term "casual cruelty" because I couldn't figure out why everyone was so okay with uh, just like casually gossiping about each other or casually alienating different people and all this stuff. But in workplaces and social things. And so I guess the belief that I held was that there was something like that needed to be corrected about that, you know, and it's maybe it's my job to point that out and get people to behave differently rather than seeing that, uh, you know, like diagnostically, I'm probably like the, the oddball for even needing to, you know, look at things in that way. Um, so that that's like a belief is thinking that because someone's, you know, being stuck on the on my concept of of uh, of bad behavior or disingenuousness, uh, that that means that those people are to be avoided or something like that. And instead, it's like, uh, you know, I had to. I, I guess I just had to see that from a different light, deconstruct it, and then reimmerse myself into it, and be willing to sort of parry and joust in in the world of people uh, to to save myself from being like isolated, you know, save myself from being outside of what was going on. You know, that was just how I did it. Like to try to, rather than say, everybody's got this tendency to be bad instead, uh, reframe it. That's the closest thing I could, you know, mm. other than that, I try not to hold any beliefs, um, about anything as of, as of, Lately, I try to not like get swept away with beliefs in anything. And maybe that's it's like I'm talking about non-duality, but that is a belief. Right. So <laughs> so maybe maybe the, the trouble is when the time comes when it's time to believe in something. 
and, and like put all your chips into something. Maybe that's something I need to be reconstruct. Maybe that's the next step, right? Yeah. After you do deconstruction, uh -huh. then you rebuild into something else, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And um, what are, I guess this would be like a final question right here. All right. So what are your guys' favorite scriptures, you know, wisdom quotes? We favorite scriptures. Yeah, this is I'm terrible. Yeah. I'm, 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 this would be something that I'm, I'm terrible with when it comes to like memorizing scriptures. Um, or just wisdom, something, maybe a, a, a verse or a quote you heard from somebody that just, well, I, I, okay. Well, I won't do a quote, but I like the, the, the short and sweet parable of the, of the, of the atheist that went to, to Buddha and 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 he he asked him like he was doubting himself at the end of his life he asked buddha is there really god is is god real and buddha said and god, and he said uh yes he is and everyone all the disciples were listening around because the buddha would never really re, re, reveal this information they all got excited about it all the disciples were like oh god exists yeah they're all excited about it and the atheist went away like oh my goodness and then the, the, the fervent believer in God, the theist, he was having doubts at the end of his life. And he went to the Buddhist and he said, are you sure? Are you sure that there's God? And Buddha said, there is no God. And just like left all the people <laughs> questioning, like, what is happening? What is, go what is going on? Um, I don't know. I just like that story. I don't know why I like that story, but I like that story. So I like <laughs> it. I like that too. Andal, yeah. And for me, I guess I would paraphrase the Bhagavad Gita where it says, um, better to do your own duty poorly than someone else as well. I don't know even what it means, but I just do your own thing. You know, it doesn't matter how it turns out rather than doing somebody else's job or something like that. I don't know. Paraphrase the heck out of it. But that one stood out to me and I liked it when I read it. That's facts. But you guys are doing something for yourself right here, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, thank you guys for coming on. I'm going to leave, like, all the links to your stuff, you know, in the description below. Sure. And, um, yeah, I appreciate you guys coming on. That's great. Thanks for having us on the show, Ezekiel. And, uh, yeah, thanks for, you know, you got an interesting show yourself, man. You got lots of cool, interesting people on there, right? So, uh, I like the stuff that you're doing. It'll be interesting. I'll be watching, seeing where you're going with the show and stuff like that. So keep it up. It's good. Yeah.